0: Okay, how many of you guys follow TikTok? Do very many of you? Okay, yes, I see some confessions here. So currently, one of the things going around TikTok is this little uh, clip that actually started on Family Feud with China Phillips. She was there. She, remember, she was in that group, Wilson? Wilson Phillips. Thank you. <clears throat> and she was there to win money. And she was. It was that. It was at the end when you know you do the little lines and you answer. And um, she told Steve Harvey, "Wait a minute." And she starts this song, "Holy Spirit Activate." Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Holy Spirit Activate. Holy Spirit Activate. And so I wanna I wanna show you a video. So I am at one of the biggest games. In Marvin Ridge's football season, we're playing a school I will not name that we have never beat in the history of our school. Since our school has been a school, we've never beat this um, team. And so I got this idea: we need to activate the Holy Spirit. So me and my friend. Yeah. Activate, activate, okay. And then it ends with, okay, let's go. And then, of course, she goes on, I think, to win money. I didn't actually see the end of the clip. And we go on to beat this team we have never beat before. And I will say that as the mother of the quarterback, it's very stressful. Because everyone is yelling. Who do they yell at? The quarterback. The quarterback. Whose fault is it? The quarterback. the quarterback. So am I saying that this little cheer made the Holy Spirit for Marvin Ridge? No, no, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that both myself and China Phillips knew that we needed to turn to the Holy Spirit at this moment. So this week, we're going to be talking about part one of the Holy Spirit. Um we're going to be talking about who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, and we're also going to talk a little bit if we have time at the end um what he did in the Old Testament and kind of comparing it a little bit to what we see him doing in the New Testament after Jesus um was glorified. And then next week Nick will will complete Holy Spirit with part 2. So we're going to start with who is the Holy Spirit. Now notice I didn't say what is the Holy Spirit. And that's because the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. He's not an impersonal force, but a distinct person with a distinct role in creation and redemption. He speaks, he guides, he grieves, he thinks, he decides. all personal qualities. He's called the advocate, the counselor, Author of scripture, comforter, convictor of sin. Our deposit, the seal that guarantees us an eternal home with the Lord. Our guide, our intercessor, the spirit of truth. He's the revealer. He reveals truth to us. Spirit of God, spirit of life, teacher, witness, helper. He's compared to fire, to oil. When, When people were anointed with oil, It was kind of a symbol for the Holy Spirit wind or breath, water, clothing, and he was also symbolized by a dove. He's often called the forgotten God. Now, why do you think that the Holy Spirit is called the forgotten God? Why might he be called? Mm-hmm. His role is less defined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Sometimes we just don't think about the Holy Spirit, right? We think more about God the Father, God the Son. Yes. And then when Jesus said he was going away and we would have another, right? That's right. Oh, you can't hear. Ellen was saying that he's not, the Holy Spirit is not as defined. And she also said that. Jesus was our, is our advocate. And I said, yes, I think Jesus said, I'm going away, but you're going to have another advocate. And yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. So we see him mentioned the fir- for the first time in the second verse of the whole Bible. It says, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And I, and I do wonder, I wonder if we really have a full understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and, and how significant his role is in our world and in ourselves. Um, before we talk about what the Spirit does, let's think about what wouldn't have happened without the Spirit. Creation wouldn't have happened. The Bible wouldn't have been written. There wouldn't have been the virgin Birth. Power wouldn't have come upon Jesus. Jesus wouldn't have been resurrected. He was resurrected by the power of the Spirit. Conviction of sin, regeneration. We wouldn't know and understand who God is. Godly living, the sanctification that He um, works in us, God's direction. So I want you to think for just a moment what would your life be like without the Holy Spirit? What would your life be like without the Holy Spirit? Luckily, that's not something that believers have to think about. We're so blessed to have the Holy Spirit. Let me read the article. Um, I don't know if the slide, if we can pull the slide up or not. Oh, there we go. So, Article 6. We believe that the Holy Spirit, in all that he does, glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. He convicts the world of its guilt. He regenerates sinners, and in him they are baptized in union with Christ and adopted as heirs in the family of God. He also indwells, illuminates, guides, equips, and empowers believers for Christ-like living and service. So it says, in all that he does, what does he do? He glorifies Jesus. That's the first thing we're going to talk about tonight. Um, the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. John 14, 16, this is Jesus speaking. He says, He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. He will bring, he will, the Holy Spirit will bring Jesus glory. So remember, God developed the plan of salvation. Jesus executed the work of that plan, and now the Holy Spirit is carrying out the plan to completion. And he points the world to Jesus. I want to read on page 139. I like the way that that they put it. This is page 139, uh, the second paragraph. Supremely, the Holy Spirit will bring glory to Jesus by making his saving work effective in the lives of sinful people. God's gospel... His gracious purpose to redeem a people for himself originates in the eternal plan of the Father, which addresses our deepest human need. This gospel is accomplished by the earthly work of the Son, and this gospel is applied by the power of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit glorifies Christ, first in evangelism, by convicting sinners of the truth, Second, in conversion, by bringing about a spiritual birth in which we are joined to Christ and are adopted into God's family. And third, in discipleship, by empowering believers to be transformed into Christ's likeness so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So question, if all that the Holy Spirit does brings Jesus' glory, And if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and if we're walking with the Spirit in alignment to him, what will we do? What will our lives do? Our lives will also bring glory to Jesus. We will be making his name great. So he brings glory to Jesus. Number two, he convicts the world of its sin. John 16, 8-9 says, And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. So it's the Spirit who begins moving in a person's heart and bringing them to this place of repentance. He begins showing us our need for a Savior. He begins showing us our sin. We, we're, we're awakened to the, to the weight of our sin and the burden of our sin. Um, And I remember, I have three kids, and they're, like, I have two in college and one a 10th grader, so they're older. But I remember when they were really little, I got a really great piece of parenting advice. And I think it's, I think it applies even to to siblings, to anyone who doesn't know the Lord. Um, So somebody said, don't rescue your children from discomfort. Because if they don't ever feel discomfort, they're never going to know their need for God. They're never going to know their need for the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so uh, that made a lot of sense to me. So I remember after I got that piece of advice, my daughter coming to me and saying, I have this problem with this girl that I'm sitting next to in school. And she was kind of going on and on and like, Mom, can you please talk to the teacher? And so at that moment, I thought... Yes, I could. I could go to the teacher, and I could, I could ask if, if they would move Georgia to another table. But at that moment, God brought that to my mind. The Holy Spirit brought that to my mind. And I said, you know what? Let's pray about it. Let's depend on the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit to give you strength. And, and let's ask him to either give you strength to, to bear with it and to, and to get through it, or let's ask him to change the situation. And so every night we prayed. And do you know that God resolved that situation? And, in fact, they became really close friends (laughs) and actually, like, were friends for, like, two or three more years. Um, And she came back to me one day, and she said, Mom, God really helped me. And I said, Yes, he did. And it just really affirmed uh, in me that there is a point where we need to know that we need God. We, 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 need to, we need to get to that place. And it's at that place that the Holy Spirit meets us. Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about is that the Holy Spirit regenerates sinners. So for something to be re- regenerated, so say if we're going to repaint something, it means that we've already painted it. So if, if, if we're regenerating, what's the first gen- genera- generation? Well, it's our physical birth. And our regeneration is our spiritual birth. Um, so before the Spirit regenerates us, we're dead in our sin. We're living in our sin nature. We're blind to spiritual things. Um, our hearts are hardened. We may, even, we may even look at the gospel and think it's nonsense, you know? And so the Spirit's work is to regenerate, regenerate us, to make us new, to give us a new nature. Second Thessalonians 2.13 Says, as for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. We're always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation. A salvation that came through the Spirit, who makes you holy and, and through your belief in the truth. And then uh, Ezekiel thirty six twenty five to 27 This is a verse I just love so much. Um, this is an Old Testament prophecy. Looking forward to the new covenant and looking forward to what life will be like after the Savior comes. And it says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Did anyone here have a stony, stubborn heart before they met Jesus. Yeah. So when we accept Jesus, we get a new heart. We get a new nature. The Holy Spirit regenerates us. Um, Another verse I really love is 2 Corinthians 5.17. And it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. A new life has begun. So the Holy Spirit's the spiritual power that makes regeneration possible. Do you remember um, when the Holy Spirit started stirring in your heart? Do you remember that? Do you remember the conviction over your sin that he worked in you? Do you remember your heart moving from a heart that was hard to a heart that was soft? That's the work of the Spirit. I, I do. I remember Um, I remember very well my my perspective on life, the way I justified my actions, um, the lack of purpose that I felt, and then when I surrendered my life to Jesus, I just remember him slowly changing me and me feeling like this is a miracle, like such a miracle when you are living this way and Jesus changes your life and you start living this way, um, I just, I really did feel really dead. Um, but it makes me think, what is the most radical conversion story you've ever heard? You know? Paul. Yes. Paul. Period. <laughs> right? Like, he is such a testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Um, one of the kind of debated topics in this subject um, is kind of talking about what comes first, the, your belief and then the work of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit and then your belief. And so the first, let's see, what did I just say first? The work of the Holy Spirit and then your belief, that would be called predestination, election. Um, and then the other way would be called like free will. And both of those are acceptable. People believe both of those. Let me read something in the book. I really like the way that they said it on page one forty-two. Well, first of all, let me start with the one two, like the the fourth paragraph, because I want to bring in the word conversion. It says this work of the Holy Spirit in regenerating sinners causing us to be born again spiritually is what we mean by the word conversion. So it kind of defines conversion there. And then the last paragraph says regeneration is always accompanied by faith. But the logical order of these two is the subject of some dispute. Some contend that we believe and then we're born again, giving priority to human freedom and responsibility. They point to passages such as Acts 2.38, in which Peter urges his hearers to repent and be baptized, with the result that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Others reverse faith and regeneration, emphasizing the preeminence of God's free grace in the process of salvation. They base this primarily on the way the Bible speaks of our human condition. We are blind to God's truth, deaf to his. To his word and spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins, they contend that the Spirit Himself must first give us new life, or we will never believe. And this debate continues amongst us. And our Free Church Statement of Faith allows for either order. So remember, I think I said um, when we first started, we really uh, we really adopt this um, this posture of in essentials unity in non-essentials liberty, and in all things charity. And this is one of those those topics that people may, may believe, either one of those. And then next week, Nick will start talking about the way he sanctifies us, the way he indwells us, the way he guides us. But I did want to ask, um, have you ever tried to be someone's Holy Spirit? Okay, I hear some laughter here. Uh, you know, you may be listening to a sermon and you kind of, You're like, man, I hope they're really hearing this, you know, and you kind of, I I know I have. I know another great piece of advice was when someone said to me, you don't have to be your husband's Holy Spirit. I was like, well, that sounds like freedom to me. Uh, And it's true. Like, we can't change people, right? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we can't even change ourselves, right? We have to depend on the strength of the Holy Spirit. So, um, but you know, yeah, the Holy Spirit can change our siblings, change our children, change our partner, change our spouse, change the people around us, our parents even. Like our work is to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to do his work. Um, So I don't think we have time to talk about the Old Testament versus the New Testament. No worries, because we can talk about that in our groups. I think the biggest difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is just that in the Old Testament, the Spirit came upon people in a temporary way. Uh, And, of course, after Jesus came and he died um, and he was resurrected and he ascended back to the Father and the Holy Spirit came, that was a completely different way that the Holy Spirit worked because he indwelled believers um, and the verses in, um, let me see, 1 Corinthians 3.16 and, and 1 Corinthians 6.19 say that we're temples of God and that his spirit dwells in us. Um, so one, one thing I do want to say, though, because I was always really fascinated by this. When I was in college, I was so seeking the Holy Spirit's direction on what career to go into. Um, and I would just pray and pray and and listen, and just oh, and, and you know how you kind of know what you're supposed to do, but you just keep wanting a more clear sign. Um, but I was so fascinated by how in the Old Testament um, the way that they sought God's will. And I, I did want to just quickly um, look at Genesis 24 because I have been keeping up with my Bible reading plan, and I have made it all the way to Genesis 24. I'm a little bit a little bit past that, but. In Genesis 24, when I was reading it, it made me think of, of the Holy Spirit because, and the way that he kind of came temporarily you know, into people who were serving the Lord, people who needed direction, leaders, priests, kings. Um, but here in chapter 24, Abraham's servant has been given the task of finding a wife for Isaac. Okay? And so this is what, this, this is what the um, servant says. For your servant Isaac, by this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my sir, my master. And of course, he does that to Rebecca, and Rebecca says, "Let me water your cam- camels as well." And then the servant knew, "Oh, this is this is who I'm. This is who I'm supposed to bring home to marry um, I, Isaac." And then the other thing that really fascinated me was the way they casted lots. You know, like even when Jonah was on the ship and they wanted to find out who on who had brought this misfortune to us and they cast lots Um, and it, it it makes me just think of like you know like I might come over to Rachel and I might say did you get my diet Dr. Pepper out of the church fridge and let me pull out my quarter and see right and I flip it and I cast a lot to know what the truth is and what God's plan is and it always was so fascinating to me but the amazing thing is that the Spirit's living in us? He directs us. He guides us. And we'll talk more about that um, next week. But I want to leave us with this, um, with two things. First of all, I want this this um, quote by J.I. Packer. I liked it a lot. It actually comes from the book Forgotten God. If you want to study more about the Holy Spirit, this is a book written by. Uh, Francis Chan called The Forgotten God. It's really good. And this this is a quote from J.I. Packer from that book. The Christian's life in all its aspects, intellectual and ethical, devotional and relational, upsurging in worship and outgoing in witness, is supernatural. Only the Spirit can initiate and sustain it. So apart from Him, not only will there be no lively believers and no lively congregations, there will be no believers and no congregations at all. So the Holy Spirit plays a critical role in God's plan for our world. I want to leave you with this challenge because we've kind of, we've kind of said the Holy Spirit isn't um, the person in the Godhead, the person in the Trinity that we probably have, have as much familiarity uh, with. So I want to challenge us this week to really pay attention to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, to really try to listen to him. And I was just thinking, um, would, how amazing would it be if every believer was so aligned to the Holy Spirit, fulfilling God's plan for our world? It, it made me think of a conductor, and a lot of different musicians playing a lot of different instruments, and how when they look at that conductor, they're all staying on tempo together, and they create this beautiful melody. And it just made me think, like, what beautiful witness to the Lord would the church be if we all were so purposeful and intentional of walking in alignment with the Spirit? So I want to challenge us this week to pay attention to that. And then, and then next Wednesday night, Nick will go into... Christian kind of like the way we live in this with the spirit so let me pray for us and then we'll go to our groups Lord Jesus we are so grateful um, for your word we're so grateful for you and the work you've done Holy Spirit we're so grateful for you we're so thankful for the way that you indwell us you live in us permanently you're our guarantee you are the seal that we know that we've been redeemed, and that we have an eternal inheritance. And Holy Spirit, we thank you. And we just pray, I just pray for each one of us this week that we will listen to you, that we will um, just lean into experiencing you more, being quiet, listening for your voice, and trying to walk in alignment to you. We love you. I pray for our group time, Lord, that you'll just help us unpack. Uh, And maybe even someone wants to share uh, the difference that you've made in their lives or the the change that you made in them um, when you br- when you brought about the work of regeneration in their lives we love you and we thank you for tonight and it's in your name we pray amen